Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. All right, welcome to another Peers Over Beers. My name is Chris Detzel, and I have a very special guest that I'm super excited to talk to today. Tiffany Oda. Tiffany Oda. Tiffany, how are you? Hi, good. How are you, Chris? Doing great. Tell, tell me a little bit about you, your background, and, and what you do in the community space. Yeah, so I am based in San Francisco. I've been in community since about 2016 um, and really found myself focused on loving kind of the operational components of community. So, you know, a lot of times when you're talking about community, you're talking about community management, engagement, moderation, right. things like that. There's a whole slew of things on the other side in terms of, you know, setting up the processes, working on scaling and automation, the tech stack. Um, kind of all the things behind the scenes that keeps the gears turning and the lights on. Um, and I found myself really loving that aspect of it. Um, and so right now I am the director of community operations for a cybersecurity company called Venify. I am also a strategic community consultant for a startup called Talkbase. Um, uh, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, we're working yeah. on building a platform specifically for community operations, actually, which okay. is pretty cool. And then um, I am the co-founder and co-leader of Community Observations, which is a community group. We meet monthly to talk about all things community operations. And I lead that with Cassie Mays, who's uh, doing community operations over at Alassian. Yeah, I've, I've heard of her, too. And I, I think I've talked to her in the past. That's great. Um, oh, cool. She's amazing. Yeah, you know, the, the um, operations piece, we don't talk a lot about on, I mean, we kind of talk about on peers over beers, but we don't really, you know, a lot of times there's not just specific people that own it. You know, for me, different people in the organization own different parts of, you know, the tech stack. So, I mean, I own the community platform, mm -hmm. but, you know, somebody else obviously owns different pieces of, of that. So I'm interested, one is to, to understand about what that tech stack could look like, you know, for, you know, community. Yeah, that's a great question. So yes, I think the uh, community platform is probably the center of of a tech stack architecture for community. And that's something that you know, we do typically own. But yeah. then aside from that, there are things like the company CRM, how are mm. we tracking, you know, these are the customers that we have, the individuals, and then these are the people who are in the community. Um, maybe there are prospects who are also dabbling in community and they could be really good community qualified leads. Um, being this. able to love this conversation, by the way, keep going. Oh, good. Awesome. My ears. <laughs> and then also things like engagement. So, you know, looking in terms of, um, you know, customer health score. So you could look at your customer success platform that could be mm -hmm. tied to both your CRM as well as your community platform that shows you know, yes, these are the customers that are interacting in the community and these are their relative health scores. And then you might be able to see some sort of correlation with customers with a higher health score are more often than not in the community um, versus, you know, people who with lower health scores. Then you also have, you know, the marketing automation. So obviously mm -hmm. there's a lot of communications that have to go out working with community, whether you're inviting people to a community event or, you know, sharing an update with them on a program or doing some sort of cool launch or surprise and delight initiative. Um, that's usually not 
necessarily directly managed by the community team, but you're working with maybe your marketing operations or your sales yeah. operations people. And then there's um, support as well. So, you know, uh, integrating with your support portal, whether, whether it's like, you know, a service cloud or a Zendesk and being able to see case deflection. So, yeah. um, you know, who is sending cases in, who's getting pointed to the community, who's going to the community and how is going to the community and getting those resources, deflecting cases away from, from the support team. And then I would say like a last main bucket um, in the tech stack architecture could be product. So product ideation, really big in community, being able to provide feedback and ideas to the yeah. product team. And then how does that product team go and triage those ideas? How do they incorporate it in the roadmap? How do they provide workarounds to those community members and being able to kind of tie again, you know, customer activity and engagement within the community to how that's affecting our product roadmap and mm. providing that visibility. And then you have the tangential tools like the Zapiers and the, yep. you know, um, the project management tools and, and things like that. So kind of touches everything. It's, it's really um, a big job that, you know, community managers don't have time to do that. <laughs> I love that job. I mean, I wouldn't love the job, but I would love to hire somebody for that job. Right. Um, you know, because I think it's extremely important. So when I, you know, the things that you hear a lot on, you know, kind of the higher level goals are up community helps in these things. Now, mm -hmm. depending on what your community is about, but, you know, for us, I'll give you just a scenario and would love to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, is this possible? Things like that, you know, so, um, I, I built this, uh, I call it community show, but webinar program that we go deep into the product when new products come out or new features come out, we go deep into that area so that people know them so that people adopt them and things like that. So, um, and, and then of course we create lots of content, you know, to, to, from just those, those webinars. But what I tell folks, Hey, look, you know, in community, when people are asking questions, when they're engaged and when they have access to, you know, uh, PMs or PS or engineering or, you know, whatever the case is, folks want access, you know, giving them mm -hmm. that access live and things is, is pretty awesome. And, 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 and the, the numbers show, but, you know, the things that are hard to prove, you know, from a, you know, upsell, cross sell, uh, renewing at higher rates, renew more, you know, uh, and, and th those are hard things to kind of prove out, you know, I think it's possible. I, I think that, you know, you could correlate, you know, community activity and community led things to, you know, renewal rates or upsell, cross sell. I think mm -hmm. it's probably harder to do, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, you hear those things a lot of, you know, community does help with upsell, cross sell, but obviously you hear the case deflection thing all the time, but mm -hmm. those are a little bit harder to prove. Have you ever thought about that and then kind of looked at that, you know, from an operations piece and how do you kind of think about that? Definitely have thought about it a lot. Um, and this is something that we are currently just embarking on this initiative at Venify, hmm. um, working to figure, figure that out. I think you hit the nail on the head where, you know, you talk about case deflection, you talk about, you know, maybe to an extent customer health score, but things like yeah. the upsell, cross sell, even attrition and churn, yeah, um, exactly. renewals, like, that is kind of uncharted territory. At least I've never seen anyone really put out those kind of like metrics and, and relationships. Mm. I think there's a lot to be 
thoughtful around around like correlation and causation. So yeah. um, I think first of all, what we're looking to do is work on trying to figure out a baseline of, you know, this is kind of the, you know, the, this is the customer health score um, yeah. relative to community activity. And then that's kind of like the first step. And then you can drive yeah. in a little deeper and start looking at, okay, well, these are the, you know, let's say you have a notification, you're triggered from your customer success um, platform that a company or an account is in danger. Their health score is dipped down below that certain threshold and you're getting notified. And then you also see that, um, you know, community activity is low. So maybe you start, um, you know, sharing resources with them, your customer success managers, introducing them to various components of the community, showing how it can be a resource. Mm. And then over time, you can kind of see, okay, as their community interactions and their activity is going up, their customer health score goes up as well. And then maybe, and I'm kind of just thinking out loud here, but then, you know, you can then take that and, you know, did they attrit at the end of their renewal cycle or did they renew? And if they renewed, how much increase was their, you know, ARR because of that community activity? Yeah. And of course, there's many other factors that could be included in that. But then you can also look into, you know, for example, if they are submitting ideas in the community and those ideas aren't being fulfilled or delivered on, hmm. then they attrit. Could that be one of the reasons why they decided not to renew? Whereas if they had a high idea delivery rate, the product team is listening to them, being transparent with them about the roadmap, things like that, um, you know, including them in beta groups and focus groups within, you know, that are provided as opportunities for community members who voted on those particular ideas. Maybe because they're having their business requirements fulfilled, they're more inclined to renew as well. So I think, you know, I, right now it's not an exact science. I'm still kind of like I said, we're just starting on this yeah. uh, really fun project. And so, but those are kind of my initial thoughts on where we're going. So, well, something you told me, I love this, this conversation because, you know, you're telling me as, as an operations person, you think about this all day, every day or stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're digging into the data. You're obviously working with other people, you know, to kind of do So I love it. You know, it, it's, it, you have a very hard job, but, you know, it's gotta be extremely fulfilling. And, and I think that, um, you know, you can have a niche job in a way, right? Like Super niche. Think, mm -hmm. think about it. There's not a lot of, no, you're starting to see community operation managers, things like that, but, um, but it's not, uh, it's not prevalent in the community management field, you know, and, and, and I think it should be, I've, so I've been doing this peers over peers for a long time. And the folks that I talked to, like, uh, Nicole Saunders from Zendesk mm -hmm. or, um, um, uh, folks like that, you know, they're like, the, the first or second person I would hire is an operations person. You know, it's kind of, a, and, and, and the operation person helps so much, you know? And, and so like even uh, Elizabeth said that from Slack, she, she runs communities Love there. Her. She's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, so, you know, it's quite interesting. So I'm, I'm digging your role, you know, something you told me that uh, call it our, our pre-show was that you, um, well, something before I go there is, you, you you posted on LinkedIn that you know 10% of the things that you should th be thinking about is being uncomfortable in some ways you know take on a project that you know is slightly uncomfortable and you're kind of doing that uh i think on some of the stuff that we just talked about but uh, uh you just spoke at Pulse Gainsight you know their um 
their uh, conference. So tell me a little bit about that and about the uncomfortableness and things. I'm, I'm, I'm highly interested. Yeah. Um, you just, you just hit so many, I have so many talking points about what you just said. Um, before I okay. go over the 10% yeah. uncomfortable, yes, I think um, operations is super niche. I'd yeah. also like to say like, yes, I'm diving into metrics and, and data and, and all of that. But I'm not a data analyst. I'm not, yeah. you know, a BI specialist or anything yeah. like that. So part of my role is also forming those relationships and working cross-functionally with, you know, the owners of those platforms, the stakeholders on those other teams, figuring out what's important for them. And then also like a data person to help me go through Absolutely. all the data. Um, operations is so much more than just that. Um, but right now, of course, I think that's top of mind for me. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, it's been really cool to see more talk and more designated roles on community operations. I think that's something that I've been personally trying to push. I want it to be its own swim lane on a community team. I want it to be recognized as a role right alongside the moderators and the community managers yeah. and all that. I think it's super well, important. This, this, your role is becoming way more and more important all the time. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, getting those business outcomes of, hey, what what is it that community brings from a value standpoint? Now you can't just say, well, if you look at the Google analytics and blah, 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 that's good <laughs> and SEO is good and, and highly important, but it's not about that. And it is partly about that, but it's more about, you know, are you upselling, cross-selling? Are you doing case deflections? Are you bringing in leads? Are you, and it's those higher level business kind of impacts and goals that you have to start kind of doing anyways. I, I mean, that's why yeah. I think. It's ridiculous to not have somebody. Right. And I feel like, you know, it's different parts of the brain. So I yeah, am, the, my strong suit is not engagement or yeah. interacting with people in the community. I love it. I love, you know, sure. meeting new community members and occasionally dabbling on that side of the world um, in the front of the house. But mm. um, I'm, I'm, that's, that's not my strength area. And I similarly with, you know, the amazing community managers that I've worked with, like the operational components aren't necessarily there for days. I think it's, you know, left brain, right brain things. And so to, I think every community manager has done operational things. Yeah, I think it's to. just the nature. Yeah, you have to, especially for those one, one person teams or mm -hmm. any community that's grown or evolved or implemented a new program, all that needs operations. Um, but again, is that really worth their time when they could be doing the things that they're the best at, um, you know, being involved and engaging with the community members? So I think, you know, as a leader, it's important to maybe understand those things and maybe dabbled in it. But, you know, communities become a lot more specialized, you know, these days when you think about content or what a community manager does every day or a moderator or, you know, engagement person, you know, operations, you know, it's, so mm -hmm. I, I think hopefully over time, you know, definitely your role is, you know, if I had somebody like you, I mean, I think I would just, I think the, the, somebody to drive the operational piece and, and, you know, uh, an organization that believes in community, which I think mm -hmm. ours does, you know, but, and puts big budgets or at least enough budget to kind of do certain things on an operational standpoint, because some of that stuff, you have to look at is integrations into certain platforms yep. and then pulling out the stuff, finding the, you know, time on a data analyst or data person's schedule because they're doing, you know, top of the funnel stuff or whatever they do, you know, mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So, you know, having 
at least shared resources that will allow you to do that and, and, and understanding within the the company to do that. That's those things are hard, you know, and, and uh, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that Holly and uh, team has really kind of pushed for for some of that stuff. And I, and I love I love what the what you guys are doing, you know, and thinking about from an operational. Anyways, Thank you. Thank it's just you. it's just very exciting to me. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's been really cool, even in the last couple of years, um, you know, uh, for example, like CMX Summit two years ago, they didn't have community operations as a track. Um, and so, you know, I messaged them and they were like, why don't we add operations? Because I think people are interested in it. And now, you know, they they have it this year for their track. They had it last year for their for, their, uh, for summit as well. It's just really That's cool awesome. to see. Um, and I do a lot of, you know, advising for people who are looking to build a business case to add a community operations person on their team, um, helping them write their job descriptions, also helping right. people update their resumes. I think there's so much potential. Um, and you don't need, you know, I think community is something that a lot of people are interested in getting into. It's kind of one of those up and coming, yeah. you know, fields and people are talking about it more and more. Um, and to get into the community operations, you don't necessarily need a community background. I think yeah. there's some innate skills and previous experiences that are really easy to kind of bring over. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about community operations. No doubt. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your uh, speech or yeah. your presentation. Sorry, we I took you off on a on a tangent. Oh, I love there. it. <laughs> hey, beers over beers. We could be like, you know, virtually tipsy. Not not really, but you know, yeah. just get off on some weird conversations. Tipsy, tipsy on ops, opsy tipsy. <laughs> tipsy, opsy tipsy. I like it with yeah. Tiffany. <laughs> um. So yes. I was asked to, or given the opportunity to present at Gainsight's Pulse Conference. Um, mm -hmm. Gainsight, for those of you who don't know, is a customer success platform. They've recently acquired um, Insighted, which is a community platform, and they um, had a community track this year. And so they asked me to, um, you know, present in my wheelhouse as community operations, but I also thought about the audience, the majority of the people who are going mm -hmm. to Gainsight are in customer success. And yes, there might be a couple community designated people on there, but ultimately I wanted to make the talk track relevant for the people who are there. So I um, learned very recently actually about, you know, customer success operations as its own role. And mm -hmm. my track leader at Gainsight, he was actually in CS ops and was able to provide a lot of really good insight and you know it's the same it's the same kind of challenge it's like it's a fairly new role um people are still trying to work on defining what it is and learning more about operations it's very essential for a cs team um, there's a lot of cross-functional work just like in community and mm -hmm. so um, my presentation was essentially working on finding that intersection and finding that shared goal between cs ops and community ops and how you know, the two can really work together to create operational excellence and a good operations framework between the two. We often work so closely together anyway, it really just makes sense to, you know, have a seamless flow from our tech stack and our processes and making sure that community is incorporated throughout the customer success journey and how to facilitate that from an operational perspective. Um, and yes, one of my, I call them professional personal or personal professional goals, 
um, is to be 10% uncomfortable at all times. I <laughs> am terrified of falling into complacency and comfort. And, um, you know, I think one of my other values is like humility is knowing that you don't know everything and that you want yeah. to continue learning and you can make mistakes. And I mean, you could be the president of the world and still have something to learn, you know, about Mars. So, um, <laughs> That went off on a tangent too. So I, yeah, this was definitely something that was out of my comfort level. <laughs> I've never used that sentence before, Chris. <laughs> oh yeah? No, <laughs> but I think I'm going to start using it from now on. I love it. Yeah, maybe I'll make a quick hit video of it, you know, and then post it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, I, I think that, I, I think that uh, to me, it's a sign of, you know, a very driven person, you know, that mm -hmm. is, you know, look, I feel like the people that are not to get off on another tangent, but that are highly successful and driven and really good at what they do is both driven and, and successful outside of what they, you know, do, whether it's, you know, outside of work, you know, you're maybe you do some high intense exercising or mount, mm -hmm. mountain climbing or biking or whatever, you know, maybe it's not exercise, maybe it's something else, you know, oh, you're I just love exercising. This, yeah. yeah. And so I just find that, you know, highly successful people, uh, do other things to so that you know they're just driven in every aspect of their lives and and putting that goal on yourself and although ten percent isn't fifty percent you know which is ten percent's a lot you know it it's it's important to kind of step outside your comfort zone and I love that and I like this thought around the CS kind of operations and and uh, community operations at least you starting to talk about it because mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some similarities I mean skills probably transfer pretty easily. Uh, I would assume, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. just different systems, different, whatever, but, um, you know, uh, kind of that same mindset, but, you know, we have a customer success operations person. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell they do, you know, like I'm sure <laughs> they're doing a bunch of stuff with Gainsight and, you know, uh, spending a lot of time in that at the moment, you know, and thinking about how to, you know, uh, use, utilize that in a bigger way, you know, uh, cause Gainsight is a beast. Um, you know, it's, it's not an easy system to just all of a sudden you build it. I mean, you can't just build it, you know, it's like right. a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of data that goes into it and, you know, to get spit out the outcomes that they want, you know, it's not an easy task. <laughs> so. No, not at all. I give, I give our games, I admin major kudos. Um, I, he implemented it really quickly and it's already being used in our regular meetings and, you know, it has community in it and Salesforce information. It's, it's, yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, these are all the things I'm a little envious of, to be honest, Tiffany. So, um, you know, but it's all about time. Sometimes organizations just aren't ready. Um, mm -hmm. And it's kind of, so I worked at a cybersecurity company for a few years as well. Mm. And I remember it's a company called Imperva. And so what we did was, so I built their community from scratch and the things that I kind of pushed hard was enterprise search and SSL. Mm. That time, you know, those are, those are huge undertakings, especially if you don't have it within other parts of, you know, the digital systems, right? So right. customer logs in, you know, so then they have to think of all the systems together, working together and doing all these things, but then also the enterprise search stuff. And so we didn't do it until kind of the, it was we then it took probably a year and a half to really start doing those things or mm -hmm. thinking about those things because one is I couldn't do it myself you know what I mean like you know you need 
either uh, a PM to kind of run some of this stuff. You need somebody to kind of manage the whole thing. Then you mm. need to bring in people that can do it and stuff like that. And so, but when the, when it was ready, you know, I just kind of slipped myself in there, you know, and said, well, you know, uh, we'll do SSO and we'll do this in, in enterprise search. Now we can get some real life kind of data around uh, one is uh, case deflection and things like that. And so, uh, so we did that and I would just kind of, been part of that project. That's and funny. so the same thing happened here at Reltio is I preached it, talked about it. Yeah, we need it. And then, you know, no way we're going to do it, you know, uh, at the moment. But um, this this woman came, her name is Megan. She runs our documentation team and now our UX team for the product. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, hey, we need enterprise search and SSO. And I was like, yes, we do. <laughs> and so, but she kind of, and, and she has, a, a team of people so you know she had a team and so i just kind of slipped in with the sso now we have sso and so you know that just we just implemented that and then so now i'll start over time to be able to get hard case deflection and then show data or dollars mm -hmm. around some of that stuff but again i know it, it was kind of a long kind of winded thing but it takes time at the end of the day some organizations just aren't ready. And, you know, I probably wouldn't have been ready because I, I couldn't have managed building a community from scratch and then doing all that other shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so I, I think just thinking about, you know, where the organization is uh, and those kinds of things, but I think it's key at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there's a ton of companies out there that think they want to build community, but they don't necessarily quite understand the intent or the reason for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in those cases, a lot of it is setting up and getting the buy-in and enabling and educating everybody in the company before you have to build because it's so cliche, but it, it takes a village, you know, like you need support from all of the other teams to really make a community successful. And if they don't understand it and they're not willing to, uh, you know, go outside of their, their role or, you know, that's not my job or it's extra yeah. work. Um, you know, it's it's way more difficult to to get the community up and running in a successful and sustainable way. Um, I also see a lot of companies that start community kind of out of necessity. They have the components of community, so they have maybe ideas in one area. They have documentation right. in another area. They have yep. forums in another area. Yep. Okay, these are all running disparately, um, and now everyone is there's different owners, and people aren't talking That's to right. each other, and there's no visibility across all of those programs. So bringing that together, you know, is that's when they're like, oh, this is community. We should bring in community people, and then it's like, okay, well, how do you do it? Um, and we were talking about this in the pre-show too. It's like, okay, you can't just you know turn it on one day and expect magic to happen. It takes time to nurture and build, and there's things right. that you need to do before launch especially from an operations perspective, like you need to be able to see the data, you need to be able to allow people to join the community and what yeah. are the processes and how do you track everything? So um, I don't know, I love community, it's so much fun. <laughs> it is. Um, well, it's been really good. Any kind of thoughts, you know, around maybe it's, uh, you know, the operations kind of uh, view around, you know, what you do or, or just for others that are kind of listening around you know, the operation, the community operations role? Um, Put you on the spot a little bit. If you are a person looking to get into community operations, I would say start thinking about your role in terms of like the, not only program management, I think that's a mm -hmm. 
unwritten kind of role is, you know, you're the organized person. So oftentimes you end up kind of managing community programs and, you know, keeping everybody on the right. team on, on track. Um, but also start thinking about, you know, like what are some processes or things that you've done to um, streamline or remove bottlenecks or blockers? Mm -hmm. How are you making things more efficient? Um, and make sure you highlight that in your uh, resume. I have um, a presentation that I did a couple of years ago on how to sell the value of community operations. And in part of that, I kind of talk about how to quantify that streamlining of effort that you're doing and helping to impact your team and your business. Um, so feel free to leverage that if you're interested in getting into community operations. Hmm? How, do we, how do we leverage that? Um, like where to find it? Yeah. It's on YouTube, I believe. It's, it's oh. a CMX Summit 20... 19 or 20 just youtube your name i think so or you can okay. do yeah tiffany oda and then selling the value of community operations okay thank you um and then also i think if you are someone who's looking to hire um you know really look about look about look at um what is taking time away from you interacting with your community what are your teams and your company's priorities and how can you provide operational improvements on those areas you know, is your tech stack talking with one another um, or is everything kind of siloed? Do you have ready, readily available data that you can do? Or are you like copy pasting things into an Excel sheet from different areas and trying to put it together? Um, also like in your processes, if you're spending X amount of time a week doing a manual repetitive process and you have, you know, your growth trajectory, you can kind of do some math to see like, okay, well, I'm spending eight hours a week on this right now in six months, I'm going to be spending, you know, 15 hours a week on yeah. this. And is it really worth, worth my time? So you, there are ways that you can, you know, find out and create that actual business business case and provide that value in terms of this is why I need a designated operations person on my team. That's been really good. And I was looking at your LinkedIn earlier and something that I really liked around kind of you really on the, your, you, so you used to work at Salesforce, you're the senior program manager of Trailblazer Communities, mm -hmm. but you put like a list of things that you didn't accomplish, but it, it's obviously from more of an operational background and, and it, it's really good. Like I was like, oh, okay. That, I mean, you may, it makes a lot of sense um, to kind of what you did and did over there, right? You know, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's what she means. And, and so, um, but that's for others too. So if you go to Tiffany's uh, LinkedIn profile, which I'll push in the uh, YouTube and, and also the podcast, but um, you know, you can kind of see where she put that, put that in there. So it's, it's, it's really good. Um, I haven't actually looked at it in a while. So thank you. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, check everything. it's, you know, it's just like anything. We could always modify different things, but it's really good in, in the sense of, you know, I, I sort of got a glimpse of what you did, um, you know, beforehand. So, yeah. Um, well, it's been really good, Tiffany. I really appreciate you coming on. This is, for me, it was extremely insightful uh, on the role of, you know, uh, operation, a community operations person. So you're the director now of community operations over at Venify, it's a cybersecurity company. Uh, so it's really cool. And and what you're doing with the CS team now uh, mm -hmm. and, and community. So definitely would love to have you back on to maybe talk about that project in a month or two to see, you know, progress and things and maybe any other uh um topic that you might want to talk about 
Thoughts? Yeah, no, this has been so much fun. I, uh, I'm always down to just geek out and go off on tangents and talk <laughs> about this kind of stuff. So thank you so much for having me on, Chris. It was really a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for coming to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and Tiffany Oda. Thanks, Tiffany. Thanks.